Hi, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and an energy worker and a channel. And uh, today is um, a couple days before the third and final presidential debate between uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And I just want to revisit uh, Trump's chart and do a little more, just a little, um, just talk about some of the recent developments, uh, a couple of which have happened since... I did a karmic profile of Trump three months ago here on SoundCloud. Uh, look it up. The title, it's part of a, a longer episode called Retro Mars and Scorpio, Hating Intolerance and Trump Karmic Profile. Um, what I want to talk about uh, are the things that people are talking about right now. And we have this, this tape where Trump admits to essentially what is sexual harassment, sexual assault, something like that. And then you have all these people defending him. And then you have all these people incensed that anyone could defend him. Then you have all these people angry that anyone could be in, blah, 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 blah. on and on and on. I just want to give, uh, or offer you a little bit of a bird's eye view on a certain way to look at this. Astrologically speaking, whenever anybody has something in the 12th house natally, and that is activated by transit progression or situation, you know, situationally activated, uh, or by relationship, there's a part of that person that can tap into collective themes. So I just want you to understand this thing because when people are active in the twelfth house, they're actually living out because they're tapped into collective themes. Now this can be service oriented it can be healing it can be figuring out like I, I i through the channeling and energy work and all the meditative exploration i do i i try to like i'm aware of 12th house like collective realities and things floating around in the collective unconscious and how they how they can bubble up and i and i for my part try to figure out solutions that that i could offer things i can figure out or things i can explain like what I'm talking about, or we'll talk about in this podcast today. But you can also react negatively or against those things in the collective and shield yourself or defend yourself. And you can also tap into and thrive on the energy of it. And this is how, you know, in the 12th house, we are all encouraged to figure out how to be connected to the divine. And that can happen through a, co a connection to all of life or to the collective. So, so uh, one of the things that triggered me doing this is, yes, uh, my, my girlfriend said, do you want to watch this video with me? And I was surprised because she doesn't keep up with politics, though we did watch that second debate and we have a plan to watch the third uh, this week. Um, we just feel it's important to uh, to pay attention at this at this time. And I've been paying attention in certain ways, but, but not by watching all the interviews and analyses and whatever uh, with with each of the candidates. So we watched the video, and I was actually laughing, and I felt embarrassed because I was laughing, but then I realized I was laughing because um, that's the kind of energy that I sensed in, like, where I grew up, frankly, in the minds of some men, and residues in the minds of some women of that kind of thing. That's what I sensed. And I, and I told my girlfriend, I was kind of being a smartass, and I said, that feels like home. You know, it almost feels like 
what was the kind of stuff that was going on in my dad's head, though. He was not that obnoxious. He was definitely kind of in that framework of making jokes about to feel, I don't know, to feel more masculine. I don't know. Um, whatever it was. He had Mars, Conjunct, Chiron, and Leo in the fifth. So I think, you know, like Trump has a South Node ruler, <laughs> Jupiter, Conjunct, Chiron. I think that sometimes that boasting and teasing and and comments and jokes about women, I think uh, when it comes, you know, for men, I think it can be sometimes a um, an overcompensation for insecurity. I think that's easy to see, uh, but especially when you look at something in the in the birth chart, conjunct Chiron, there's an insecurity there, and and perhaps a perception that one needs to be tough or to, to cover up that vulnerability. Uh, Chiron being the energy antenna within your your energy field and your consciousness and unconsciousness. So anyway, so we're watching this thing and I'm laughing and then we get done and I realize, oh my God, yeah, that's that's the thing that I that I tapped into for so long. It wasn't the only model of of masculinity that was available to me, but it was pretty prevalent to the point that when I was in my oh my God, was I 30? Was I in my early 30s? Until I figured out how to run my masculine energy, because I was terrified of being like that. So anyway, so I'm tapping into the collective because I have this stuff in the 12th house. Well, Trump is doing that too. Trump has tapped into the collective. So he has picked certain positions and he has certain opinions and ideas. And I'm telling you, because of this, I almost, almost slipped into an interpretation. I'm telling you uh, an interpretation of him or uh, an imitation. Um, but he's compensating for insecurity. And you see it in the birth chart, South Node Ruler, Jupiter, which describes his role in many lives, conjunct Chiron, the marker of I feel different, I don't feel, you know, and and the whole thing about the small hands, uh, co compensation, the whole thing, you know. Um, I actually heard an, <laughs> an interview with a person who, who wrote a book about Trump's uh, life and business uh, history. It was a few months ago. I think it was on Fresh Air. And he talked about how he had interviewed um, uh, women, former models Trump had dated uh, earlier in his life before, before or between marriages. And um, they would say – so he, he would uh, – take them out and wine them and dine them and make a big show and have this whole like, you know, macho thing going on. And, and several of them said you, you would, after a date, you'd never end up in his apartment. He would drop you somewhere and then go up and watch TV by himself with a bag of candy. Like that was like, <laughs> so anyway, so this whole macho thing, you know, what people say, what they do, they're, they're definitely not, they don't always line up. Um, but, but, but then the, what, what triggered this after seeing that video was, I know this is a lot of tangents, just bear with me, it's going somewhere, was hearing on the podcast The World from PRI that I listen to frequently, um, the host talking with a, a journalist in India about some the people, some people she had talked to in India who had reactions because of the rampant issue with harassment and sexual violence that's been erupting there that's been really coming to a head in a really big way, uh, including mass attacks and, you know, rapes on buses. I don't know. All kinds of things that are bad and groping publicly, that kind of thing. So, and this woman said, we're, we're shocked. People, Indian people that I've spoken with are shocked because he, he's, he's wealthy, he's powerful, and we look up to America. 
we, you know, some of us want to, we think we can be like America. We, we aspire to be like America. And here's this person who's running for major office who's doing this terrible thing that we see every day in our context, in our culture. So, so those two things, seeing the video and hearing it and laughing and having the memories of that, that ethos in the air um, from when I was a kid and that kind of way of treating women and just kind of using women, uh, which always I had a problem with. And then hearing that thing about India after I've been listening for years to the stories about these, these issues with sexual violence against women in India, uh, that's where this comes from. So let's look at, so that's the intro, let's look at Trump as a 12th house figure who is unintentionally modeling things in the collective. He's unintentionally displaying, exhibiting, and expressing things in the collective. So he's got the Pluto. Let me just give you his, uh, he's got the Pluto. Let me give you his birth data. <laughs> and because uh, we're talking the astrology. So uh, the birth date, uh, June 14th. 1946, 10.54 a.m. in Jamaica, New York. He's got the Pluto and Leo on the 12th. And there's this thing about Pluto on the 12th needing to become empowered by tapping into what's true or tapping into the collective. So basically, his like rampant ego problem is feeding off the attention of from the collective. right? I think you know that, but you can see it clearly in the chart when you look at it this way. But then also in Leo on the 12th, is Mars a few degrees, under three degrees above the horizon. And what I teach about planets in the 12th above the horizon is 12th house themes get drawn powerfully into the first house, meaning through ascendant expression. So he's got the Pluto in the 12th buried resentments, anger, hatred, buried desire, uh, feeling overpowered by life, so having to, or, or circumstance, or things that are bigger than he is, so having to compensate and inflate himself, which comes out as this egoic, you know, crap, you know. But then there's that Mars in the 12th. So you have Pluto's unconscious desire, and that's a lot of stifled stuff, including anger for him in many lives. Um, and it's, we, you might look at it and say, well, it's not that stifled. But, 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 but he's not being authentically angry about what he's truly angry about. And that's one of the keys to understanding him. If, like, what he's angry about, he's embarrassed about. So he's fighting, arguing, sparring on every single point all the time because he, he's hiding what he's really afraid of. Remember anger. Always remember this. Anger is always sourced in pain. He is constantly throwing curveballs, sliders, <laughs> fastballs. He's constantly pitching crap so no one can see him. If you're sensitive intuitively and energetically, you can see the vulnerable little kid in this 70-year-old's body who's Afraid because he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. So, Pluto's on the 12th. Unconscious issues. Buried. He's afraid of losing control. He's afraid of somebody else or the universe or life doing something to him. So, he mo so he's motivated to stay in high gear doing things to other people so there's no opening. 
That's part A. Part B, Mars, conscious desire in the 12th house, but, but so close to this ascendant, which is 2958 Leo. So when a planet is in this position, as I said, the 12th house gets sucked into the first house. That anger that he has, that insecurity, that fear, that doubt, that, that knowledge, that, that faith that life is not supportive, right? The lack of faith that life is supportive. That feeling of that paranoia comes from, like here we are weeks before the election and he's saying, he's saying it's rigged and he's going to say that over and over again. And I heard this morning, um, I was at the gym and I saw a little thing where, where uh, there was a little uh, infographic and it said, um, you know, no matter what the outcome, he and Pence have tr has pledged to accept it. But what he'll do is he'll say, I accept it, that it's flawed, that it's rigged, that it's a that it's a trick. Like he will not accept it. He can't because for him, anything that might introduce some humility for him, which is a normal human trait, normal human experience is for him unacceptable. It's untenable. He can't deal with that. I'm going to talk about that in terms of the progressed sun having now crossed the ascendant, and now it's 11 minutes into Virgo as of this recording on October 17, 2016. So anyway, this Mars. So the unconscious anger is huge in the 12th house. Mars in the 12th house on the ascendant, on a fire ascendant, is also about this anger coming into this to outward expression how he does it is like i said he's constantly throwing punches so he's never vulnerable um he's constantly throwing insults so he doesn't have to feel the thing inside that he's protecting which is an extreme sense of vulnerability i'm telling you pluto in the 12th house moon in the fourth house South node ruler conjunct Chiron. This is an energetically sensitive person who has shut it down. When you see 12th house planets and you see Chiron, you see moon in its own house. This person has feelings. But this person, is, this particular one, is overworking to constantly, you know, emanate an image of strength so he doesn't have to deal with why he feels like he's a loser. So when a planet is above the horizon in this way, it lords over the chart. I'm not talking about rulership. I'm not talking about, you know, its disposition or um, dispositorship. I'm not talking about detriment or fall or enhancement or supersize me. I don't know what these traditional terms are. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the function of when this person was born. This is the eastern horizon. Yes, it's on the left of your chart, but it's the eastern horizon, the ascendant is where the sun comes up. So if you're born right at sunrise, your sun is on the ascendant. So for him, the energetic reflection from Mars is beaming onto the Earth. That's what's rising in the east. Mars has risen in this chart. So it's a very powerful placement because the person may not realize he or she is saturated and inundated with this energy. So coupled with the south node ruler conjunct Chiron. So I feel vulnerable and insecure. It's in the house of self-esteem and the house of Le and the sign of Libra, meaning I'm really worried about what you think of me. I'm really worried that you're going to see that I know that I'm weak. Now, for a lot of people, they'd say sometimes, yeah, I'm sure I'm a vulnerable. That's human. But for somebody with a signature, that is the worst thing ever. And so you have somebody who would see any 
vulnerability, any softness as weakness. Just look at how he holds his face. Uh, an aside, I uh, have been so, 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 so happy watching the videos from Saturday Night Live of Alec Baldwin impersonating him in debates and interviews. I have never been happier. <laughs> it's just, it's so, but the way he holds his face in his mouth and the way he cocks his head, and it's just, just the whole bit, he's, he's projecting what he thinks is confidence, so you can't see that inside, he's got Poodle in the 12th. I'm terrified of being overwhelmed. I'm afraid of relaxing because I don't know what's going to happen next. And I, I can't control everything in the world. So I will keep you busy. I'll throw punches at you constantly in the form of these obnoxious words and accusations and recriminations and insults and name-calling. So I don't have to sit with my feelings because you might see it. He's so energetically sensitive that he knows some, at least some other people are too. Okay, so Mars dominates his chart, Mars in Leo, and you already have this self-esteem problem with the Chiron South Node ruler thing. It's also a self-esteem problem, uh, you know, when you think you're not powerful in the, with Pluto in the 12th, if you haven't tapped into what power truly is, uh, and you think, you know, being blustery and, and tough and, and abusive, um, and, and, you know, violation-y, if that you think that's power, then you'll do it in spades to try to not feel susceptible to other things happening to you. But also the sun on the north node, sun conjunct north node says, and a bunch of lives uh, haven't had a model of how to develop a healthy ego, uh, uh, to, to ground an ego, to have a healthy expression, to say who I am, to have the right to be who I am. Um, so there's an, so there's a self-esteem problem with that as well. I hear, um, you know, third parties, meaning not him, not Clinton, not people involved in the politics, people who talk about how he is with his kids. And I almost can't believe it. My brain sometimes says that can't be right. He's a good father. Um, but again, he's energetically sensitive. He has moon in the fourth. He's a Chiron person. He's sensitive to how others are sensitive. And because that moon on the fourth house south node, I wouldn't be surprised, and I've had to think about it a bit, and I've had to say to my brain, um, maybe it's not a stretch. Maybe he is a really good father because that sensitive person is in there. That person who cares about other people is in there. He's just so vulnerable He's protecting himself. So if you look at him this way, look at him in that way, okay, uh, that'll, that'll change things. That'll may, maybe help you have compassion for him. I talked in, in the other MP3 I mentioned from three months ago, uh, the idea of hating intolerance. Like, I hate intolerance just like the next jerk. Um, but to have compassion for people who have hate, that, that's, that's a challenge, and that's something that, that we're really meeting. So that's one of the things. How can we, the, one of the collective themes he's bringing up right now, how can we not meet anger, which is sourced in pain, with more anger? How can we choose to, to, to refrain from meeting abuse and obnoxiousness with more of it, with more of the same? That's one thing. This other thing about sexual stuff. Um, again, overcompensation. Tough words, tough talk, locker room talk. It's overcompensation for a deep feeling of inadequacy. Now, I'm, I say this with compassion, but if you know your chart and your chart ruler, your chart, um, your south node ruler, meaning south node ruler by sign, if your south node's in Aries, we're looking for Mars, 
Uh, South Nodes in Pisces look for Jupiter, traditional ruler. South Nodes in Capricorn look for Saturn. Uh, you know, South Nodes in Scorpio look for Mars as well. Uh, South Node in Gemini look for Mercury, etc. Um, that South Node ruler by sign, if it is conjunct Chiron, you and a bunch of lives show up embodying the energy antenna. Sensitivity to energy and people's emotions and the energy in crowds and in the world and through media, that energy affects you. So if you have a prominent Chiron in that way, or, or with Sun or Moon or Angular, you know, or with Pluto, uh, realize that, you know, you have a, a deep Chironic sensitivity. So if you have that, you know what I'm talking about. It, it's, it's not very common in my circles for strongly Chironic people to overcompensate to be tough people. Because in my circles, people want healing. People recognize their vulnerability. I feel very lucky to be, have attracted a community around me where the very chironic people are either trying to open up to feel or they, they accept that they feel. One or the other. They're you know not beating other people up. And these people exist, but it's certainly not a large proportion of chironic people. Because um, like in the world, there are not tyrants and bullies you know, in spades because of Chiron issues. Um, I actually misspoke recently. I said in the, uh, just a, a little correction here, I said in the Heal Trauma with Energetically Programmed Crystals that Trump's issue is the Southland Ruler Conjunct Chiron. And I said Putin has the same thing, and this is why they get along. I want to correct myself. Southland Ruler uh, for Putin is Square Chiron in Capricorn. So he has a thing about his Southland Rulers in Libra, uh, like Trump, um, so Trump is obsessed with other people's opinions of him and getting attention and, and, you know, bluster to get attention. Putin is, uh, afraid that he's not able, that he's not respectable and he's not worthy of being in charge. So he's, that's why his overcompensation thing you have to, for Putin, you have to factor in the, uh, Capricorn Chiron square to the sun in Libra, I believe sun south node ruler for him. It's with Neptune and, and maybe something else. But anyway, so I misspoke on that MP3, but but they do have that south node ruler Chiron aspect in common. Uh, south node ruler in Libra. I'm really worried that you're going to tell me that I am actually the loser. I've always felt that I must be. <laughs> it's Chiron and Libra. South node ruler in Libra. Okay. Um, so sexual violence, another theme. Look at how many people are affected negatively. Look at how many people are beginning to relive, or at least report that they're beginning to relive, elements of trauma from their from their own experiences being sexually abused. Uh, look at uh, how many people have a hard time talking about the fact that that exists. Look at how many people sh uh, sweep it under the rug. Uh, more and more people now over the coming months are going to be coming out with this kind of stuff. The stuff about about Bill Cosby's exploits, stuff about Jimmy Savile several years, several years ago, and before that, Jimmy Savile was a BBC presenter um, who, anyway, it's a long story. I did a, a long MP3 about it, evaluating all this stuff, um, uh, including Nessus and some other archetypes about, you know, the need to learn to control or at least manage intentionally sexual energy. Um, and then before that, all the stuff with uh, defrocked priests and relocated priests from the Catholic Church about sexual, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, this is coming to a head over decades. 
more and more and more and more. And Trump now, like it wasn't enough that he was so well known for this, you know, crap reality show, this schlock. Now he's got an even bigger stage. So he's feeding off this energy and we are being stimulated. We are being triggered by his 12th house gift of this performance, of this overcompensation for his deep sense of inadequacy. We are being triggered to think, to feel, and to talk more about the reality of sexual violence, the reality of assault, of uh, misogyny, of chauvinism, of uh, sexual objectification of using women, of seeing them as sex objects. Uh, you know, that's a gift that this soul is giving the collective. So one thing is, how do we meet obnoxiousness with kindness? How do we not get trapped or wrapped up in uh, obnoxious fighting? How do we not have to, you know, become nasty in the face of a bully? That's one gift. And the other gift is opening, tearing off this, this lame scab that was on there on the issues about sexual violence and misogyny and all this stuff. These two things are central to human evolution. The latter, the thing about sexual violence, is getting louder and louder and louder. So how do you deal with that? How do you deal with those feelings? And I just put out this, um, the sixth channeled book, the 16th book overall, the sixth channeled book called Slavery and Soul. And there's a portion in there on sexual violence, a little bit. Uh, sexual violence is covered quite a lot more a little bit in the Lilith book, actually, is an astrology teaching uh, with with the true black moon Lilith, uh, called Lilith Healing the Wild. And the other one uh, is Goddess Past, Present, and Future. And he talks about it, Jehudi, the Ascended Master I channel, talks about it in there, in the Goddess book. But then he, I also transcribed a workshop, or a, a, I don't know, two-hour channeling event uh, in that book about healing sexual violence about con it's kind of, it's called conscious communion healing sex so that transcript i included in there so goddess past present and future has a lot of info on that and that book is included in jehudi speaks a compilation of the first four channeled books in the slavery book though one of the things judy's talking about the slavery and soul is that all of us have experienced slavery on both sides of that story being owned and owning others at some point along the earth timeline. You haven't lived like, this isn't your only life, and you haven't lived like five lives. You might have had conscious recall of a half dozen, even 20. Uh, but many, many, many lives, including animals of all kinds, have you lived on this earth. When your animals you're owned, sometimes, right, the last few thousand years, uh, and sometimes when you're a person, you're owned. And it's happening now. I put this announcement out. A client of mine outside of uh, London emailed me a link from uh, The Guardian saying slavery is a problem and London's a hotspot. And, you know, it's real time. It's real time. If you are in most parts of the world eating shrimp bought from a store, you've just paid something for slavery. If it's farmed in Vietnam or in some other places, chances high, are highly likely that it's from slave labor, and on and on and on. Sexual slavery, uh, marriage sexual slavery, all these kinds of things exist. So, the re, you know, the endemic to slavery, 
power over power under stuff is sexual violence. So it's more and more and more. It's not, you know, that kid down the street. It's not that friend from when you were a kid. It's not that, uh, you know, your, you know, your relative who experienced it. It's not just you. For the individual, it looms large. It's a huge story. But this is a global problem that all souls, as part of the collective of all that is, they're trying to work out power over power under dynamics, trying to work out how to have a brain, and here's the Nessus connection, how to have a brain and, and choose to live in this cult, you know, cultivate uh, society and live in harmony with each other. How do we deal with the fact that we're also animals? We also have urges that are socially unacceptable. Do we control them and stifle them and suppress them? Uh, aha, Catholic priests. Or do we try to figure out how to integrate that Oh, then you're Lilith and you're shamed for being awful if you're one. Okay. So anyway, it's a whole collective thing. And all these archetypes I work with obviously kind of, you know, can speak to this. But we're all dealing with it. So one of the gifts that Trump's soul is offering us is this obnoxious vision of an insecure adolescent in a 70-year-old's body who is living this way who thinks this way. He's giving us a gift by tearing open that, that wound, by ripping out the lame little stitches we tried to put in, the lame little Band-Aid. He's ripping it off. So if you are incensed and aggravated and want to throw your arms up in there because you can't listen to any more of it, thank him. Thank his soul. Have gratitude, because you need to see, we all need to see, the collective needs to see what a serious and real, persistent, you know, pervasive, prevalent, chronic problem this is all the time. You know that person who's always talking about rape? You know that person who's always talking about um, everyone she knows who has cancer? That person who's always talking about the disabled children and Autism, this person who's talking about the problems with vaccines, this person who's talking about the conspiracy, uh, what, they're, what they're leaving in the air for the airplanes, they're putting aluminum, whatever, and to poison us and mind control us. When you hear about these people, when you hear people like this talk about the same thing over and over and over again, you want to tune it out. Some of those things are just things you don't want to hear about. Other things in those categories or on that list are things that you need to to look at. So here we are. We are now entering a time, entering an era when sexual violence of all kinds, not just violence against women or what is feminine, right? What is not overcompensatingly macho, uh, <laughs> um, regardless of gender and orientation and whatever. But we're entering a time when this is going to be spoken about more more news reports, more this, more that. This is part of the transgender thing uh, as well, which is now more prevalent. There's a whole thing, teaching on soul and transgender I did on the soul's journey a few years ago, the radio show. Um, but this is all part of it. Us humans being in touch with our sexuality and that necessary call, necessary bring, necessarily brings up and calls up multiple lives of imbalance, of power issues, of taking, of giving, of selling, of trading, of bartering, 
sex for survival, sex for food, sex for power, for status, for favors, for influence. Whew, okay, now I can take a breath. But we're, we're entering an era in which more and more people need to talk about this stuff. Now, what will happen is it will come out first for decades, and it has been for decades, and it'll be more decades, it'll probably be a couple hundred years, of victim-perpetrator terminology. That's the first step. First step is admitting it and realizing that you're having some pain about something. The next thing is to blame the people who hurt you or to feel you know, like a turd because you hurt somebody else. We will get to the place where we can see, and this is part of the Aquarian Age shift, out of the Piscean Age into the Aquarian Age, you know, in part marked by the end of the Mayan long count calendar and the and this this process of the marking or demarcating and documenting the evolution of consciousness. As of the end of the Mayan calendar a few years ago, everything's open. The divisions between dimensions are gone. You and your past lives, you're all in the same room and you probably feel a little crazy. That's what everything I do is about helping you get through this. So if you need a session, you need some coaching and energy work and crystals and, and some books to help you figure out what's going on, go to tdjacobs.com. But that's what I'm doing here, is to tell you you're not crazy. You're dealing with emotions from many lives. So the first thing is the things come up. The second thing is looking around uh, for whom you can blame. The third thing is getting to the place where you can own, and this is what's a little far off, but is the herald of the Aquarian Age where you can own that everything that happens to you happens to you because you are vibrating, your soul is vibrating. I wonder what that's like. So the model of soul and humanity that you, that's important to have in this evolution of consciousness process that I'm harping on about all, always is to look at everything that has happened to you, good and bad, as serving your soul's journey because the soul comes here to learn what it's like to be human all these different variables, all these different choices, different ways of doing it, different beliefs guide different choices. Soul says, I wonder what it's like if I am, um, I wonder what it's like if I feel so insecure that I feel like I have to grab a woman to have, you know, self-confidence that I can conquer her. I wonder what it's like. So Donald Trump's soul says, oh, check, that's what that's like. I wonder what it's like to hide my vulnerability. I wonder what it's like, blah, 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 blah. I wonder what it's like to be honest with somebody. I wonder what it's like to embrace vulnerability. The soul goes, check. All these different variables, different beliefs lead to different choices. The soul goes, aha, that's what that's like. So that's why you're here. So if something happens to you, it happens for a reason. So your soul can be pushed through your human perspective into fear and pain and doubt so you can embody the divine power, which is compassion, love, acceptance, graciousness, gratitude. So you're here to learn. So bad things are going to happen to you. Things are going to hurt. So that far off phase, I mean, I'm trying to embody this now. I'm teaching people to do it. You can live this way now. Like live as if you're in the Aquarian Angel now and you can own responsibly what has happened to you, even if it's really damaging, even if it's been traumatic, even if part of you feels powerless, find the part of you who can tap into the truth, the 12th house truth, that things happen to you for a reason, and that it's not that you're not safe, it's not that other people can't be trusted, but you have co-created experiences 
to push you into fear and pain and grief and sorrow and tragedy and trauma so that you, while your soul watches and learns, can learn to go from fear, pain, etc. into love. So this thing about this wound being opened, as, as I said, most of us will look around for a long time and blame the person who seems to be the source of it. Even if that person doesn't accept responsibility, right? There's a trigger. So, so if the stuff about sexual violence in any way has, you know, brought the stuff up for you, be grateful to the soul, which is part of goddess and God of Donald Trump. Don't just be grateful to healers and people who help you through a process or somebody who wrote a book that helped you or somebody you heard on a radio show interview who offered you tips on how to heal it. Don't, don't just be grateful to those people. Don't be grateful to the people who've been through it, who help, who have helped you process. We have to be grateful to all the people who trigger us and hurt us and bring things up because they are serving our souls. Their souls are serving our souls. That, that reminds me, um, since I mentioned the Goddess Past, Present, and Future book from a few years ago, that book was actually stalled for a while. I don't remember, maybe six months. Uh, I brought through maybe almost half of it, maybe about half. And I got to the place where I could see that in the following sections, Ascended Master Jehudi was going to say, humans, you have to get to the evolutionary stage during which you can thank those who have raped you and hurt you. Those who have power over power undered you, power overpowered you, those who have, you know, stolen innocence, those who have made you feel not safe, those who have hurt you. And I said to him, I cannot tell people to thank their rapists. <laughs> he didn't say it that way, and then I heard it that way, and you know, and and he said, This is what you have to do. So take your time. So I stopped. And then um and then I met, um, I met a woman who looked at me and said, she just paused and looked at me and said, oh, that's what's going on with you. You, you are the goddess. And she saw the goddess in me. And I was able to finish that book. Because part of, part of healing all this stuff for me was, Approaching from a from a more holistic, a more whole-centered approach, what it is about masculine and feminine, what it is about the power over power under issue, what it is about you know the need of the masculine, regardless of gender, regardless of sexual orientation, the masculine energy within every person, to connect with, to pursue and connect with the feminine in another person, regardless of gender or and regardless of sexual orientation. Um, and I just, that opened a process and I was able to finish that book. So, so anyway, be grateful to Trump's soul, <laughs> to Trump's soul for being so obnoxious because he's showing you different things you need to heal. So, so there's a whole big thing. The third thing, <laughs> just briefly toward the end of the MP3 here, the third thing that he's showing you is something about ego. His soul is giving you a model of how it feels 
awful to run ego. So ego is not a four-letter word, right? It's not a bad word. It's not a curse word. I'm a spiritual teacher who says, please have ego. I think a lot of spiritual teachers coming from Eastern traditions and various you know, metaphysical traditions might say, let's tame or calm or disconnect or quiet the ego, silence the ego, something like this. And in fact, what we need to do is embrace it, but align it with what feels true. Align it with our heart and our spirit. Align it with what resonates as truth. Do I get off on this? If the answer is, well, yeah, I just like being right. I just like getting attention. Then there's that ego input that's pure ego. And that's not going to feel good in the long run. That's not satisfying. It doesn't help you grow. But if you... Um, like, I have a lot of fun in my work. I play in my work. I bring humor. I bring ego. I have a big ego. Uh, and in some ways, I relate to Trump in that way. I just have it, as much as I can, aligned with what feels true. And that's kind of like a governing process to keep in check. Because I don't want to look in the faces of other people and see how I'm, you know, sucking all the oxygen in the room and being a jerk. I don't want, I don't want to experience that. Um, that doesn't feel good. I want you to be happy. So again, I have a strong labor influence just like Trump does, but I'm not, I'm less defending my vulnerabilities and insecurities. He's just totally puffed up about it until, you know, whatever, he'll be on his deathbed and he'll see the big thing. and I'll be like, Oh my God, that's what I was doing. And then he'll like take go out of the body and the dead loved ones will be there. And he'll be like, Oh my God, are you serious? Is that what I just spent my whole life doing? Oh no. And he'll be embarrassed. Anyway, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> anyway, if he, when he dies, if he hangs around earth, I'll tell you <laughs> because he'll be trying to mess in with everybody. Um, so <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought thinking about like ghost, you know, ghost Trump. Um, uh, yeah, example of how not to do ego. But if you have an ego and you align it with heart and spirit, it's beautiful, it's funny, it's warm, it's generous. So ego is extremely important. And he's giving us an example of how not to do it, of, or of how to do it within a paradigm that considers external measures as indicative of power, and that you must have power in order to have self-confidence, meaning he has no self-confidence. He just has money and possessions and status. He doesn't have any self-confidence. And actually, a student of mine um, wrote me last week, uh, commented on a Facebook post, and said something about um, speaking truth to power. And, and she said, you know, do you find that people ignore your posts, or do you get negative comments? I'm kind of paraphrasing. And I and I wrote back that, that you know, even if... I, and I'm paraphrasing again, I'm just going to riff on this, but I wrote something like, I don't consider people who are in fear powerful. Like, I don't consider Trump powerful because he's not aligned with truth. So if I get closer to truth, I develop confidence in a very different way. And you can too. But he is not doing that. He's giving us an example of clutching what it's like if you believe material resources can give you self-confidence, it's so sad. Uh, South Node ruler Chiron in the house of self-esteem, in the sign of, I'm very aware of how you see me. 
second house in Libra, respectively. I'm very aware of your opinion of me. Tell me I'm good. And instead of doing it from this vulnerable puppy dog eye thing, puppy eye dog thing, puppy dog, yeah, puppy puppy eye thing, he does it from the overconfidence so, because he can't give you the chance to see who he really is. So let's all try to have compassion, even as the lies and the false accusations and the mixed up mixed up half you know quarter truths and half truths. And even as the insults, the invectives, and the sarcasm, as all of that heats up now for the next 22 or so days, stay in touch with your heart. Stay grounded. Stay aware that you choose not to engage in, you know, baseless arguing that has no point except to feed the negativity to feed essentially the negative vampirism of this person who has such uh, low self-esteem, as Trump does. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your time and energy. You can check out my new website, actually. I've redesigned through arduous, laborious effort (laughs) uh, in several rounds over 15 months or something like that. Thirteen months. Um, website tdjacobs.com. There are a lot of channeled audio pieces to connect you to higher truth, higher vibration. Hundreds of energetically programmed crystals. I think there are maybe ten or eleven or twelve different kinds now. Uh, it's quite a quite a long list to to help you with a bunch of different issues. And uh, astrology MP3s courses. Of course, I do consultations and uh, tu- astrology tutoring and. Uh, intuitive coaching and energy work as well. So thanks again. Take care of yourself. Stay in your heart. Stay grounded. Be in your body and uh, and be kind. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, hold on. Wait a minute. Have to have to interrupt the uh, music there. Uh, I wanted to talk about this progress sun for a second. Progressions are uh, internal processes that seek outward expression. Something that happens typically behind the scenes that seeks expression. It tries to come out. Eventually it will. Uh, It's not a transit. Transits ask questions from the outside where life and others bring you questions and opportunities and challenges. This is more something that is developing on the inside. So Progress Sun is your evolving way of developing an identity, of having an ego, of self-expression, having an opinion and sharing it and being seen. So I was thinking with Trump's progressed sun hitting the ascendant now i was thinking a few months ago maybe maybe it's time for him to actually be in charge of everything maybe he sh- maybe he will become president but now it's pretty obvious he's not going to be and and i want to just mention this a little bit um progressed sun crossing the ascendant is a personal sense of renewal so it's in there for a few days, a few, you know, a week or two or something, um, with uh, you know in Leo, right? Twenty nine fifty eight Leo, two more minutes of arc, and then it's in Virgo suddenly. So now it's in Virgo. Virgo is about developing humility. It's about realizing what you're not good at. 
uh, it's about realizing what could be more perfect and taking responsibility for fixing it. Now he he you know he he seems to in many ways prove himself repeatedly as somebody who's not willing to look at himself or in any way be aware or responsible for anything. Um, but this Virgo thing, there's shame. There's some humiliation here for him. He's not going to win. He's going to shout nonstop about how the election was rigged, etc. Uh, and he's going to do that for a long time. And he's going to constantly impugn the character of everybody who's legitimately elected. Because, again, his innate, uh, absolute lack of self-confidence because he is terrified that he's a loser. Um, so this progressed sun hitting the ascendant says, yeah, pretty visible. I need to take action. I need to be assertive. But now it's in Virgo, which is new for him. Um, he doesn't have other planets in Virgo. And his sixth house is only retrograde, as far as the bodies I use, retrograde series in Aquarius. Um, and so that's not having a major you know, personality element uh, in any way involved with uh, with Virgo. So, um, yeah, so humiliation, not being good enough. And he can impugn everybody. He can talk about how the system is rigged and how everybody's against him. But that's just more of that, you know, ungrounded paranoia that literally um, anybody who's thinking, anybody who has in touch with his or her heart can see through. It's just noise. So this progressed son puts attention on him, and he can no longer deny that he is the common denominator in all of the elements of his life. So anyway, I just wanted to add that little bit, because progressed son crossing the ascendant to some people might indicate uh, you know, a, um, an increase in position. A promotion, winning an election, something like that. When the sun progresses and crosses the ascendant, there is a transformation waiting. And in this case, it's about, you know, his relationship with his self-judgment. So anyway, so now that's uh, really the end. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye-bye.